We're in a situation yeah, where we have to be together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Dear viewers, we have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad is taking over. We have come to take our country back. He also worries that civil war could be on the way back. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Over of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its not to travel abroad it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Joe Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you an now banned from entering the country. Christmas Island today declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls for the last upload for Thursday, November, or sorry, Thursday, December 8th, 2022. Jeez. Man. It's kind of crazy to think we're less than, shit, dude. We're less than a month away till the end of the year. I just can't believe how fast this year's gone by. It's been a busy year for us over here at the uh, Inside Four Walls production side of things. A lot of traveling from the convoy to various Defeat the Mandate rallies, standing up in a Jimmy Levy music video. It's just been a busy fucking year for us. We've been making all kinds of splashes. And a lot of that's because of you guys supporting the show and the channel. And I really appreciate you guys over on the uh, uh, podcast side of things, over on like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, stuff like that. We haven't seen a spike in those numbers, so I want to thank you guys as well for that support. Thanks so much. So let's hop right into the more recent updates with the Twitter files. Now, mind you, it's still 9.44 a.m. There's supposed to be another release today, so by the time you see this, it'll probably be around 4 when this video goes live on other platforms. On BitChute, it'll be ready before noon. All my videos go up on BitChute like instantly after they're recorded, and on the other platforms, they're uploaded throughout the day. 
So by the time this episode comes out, it very well could be out of date. But as of the current moment of recording, this is where we currently stand. Without any further ado, let's get into the Twitter files. Musk says Twitter's lawyer fired. Uh, Musk says Twitter fire. Uh, Twitter lawyer fired amid Hunter Biden laptop dispute. We have two articles to get into, and I'll explain the process I used to pick the second article. Uh, we'll get to that. Elon Musk said he ex- exited exited twitter's deputy general counsel over concerns the high-ranking executive tried to suppress information about the social media platform handling of the hunter biden laptop controversy now as you scroll down here all right right here in the middle these two are behind paywalls i clicked them they want you to pay to read their articles i'm not doing that so i went with al jazeera al al zazira whatever Went with them. High factuality, center bias. Uh, I don't... I've heard mixed things about the management over there, but I don't have any issues personally with the outlet, so I chose them. And then over here, I wanted to get... You know, since it's the right that's been largely suppressed on this platform, and it was the right that was called psychopathic and crazy and Russian conspiracy conspiracy theorist for mentioning the Hunter Biden laptop leading into the 2020 elections... I wanted to go to a different platform. All these are from a day ago, so they're all about the same age. So, let's scroll down here, right? I went with the post-millennial. Personal preference, personally. Uh, I think they get a bad rep. I don't think they deserve the uh, mixed factuality rating. I think they should have a high factuality rating, personally. But that's just my personal preference. If you don't like that choice, that's fine. We're starting with the center, uh, centered bias, high factuality article first. And then we'll go into my personal preference at the end. You can tune out then or tune out now. It's completely up to you. If you have a better outlet, please leave it below. And I will see if it runs through a news guard check. And a ground news check. That being said, let's get right into the article from Algiera. Musk says Twitter lawyer fired amid Hunter Biden laptop dispute. Elon Musk accuses executive of possibly spreading, inf- uh, suppressing information about Twitter's handling of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now, something to keep in mind with this. Elon Musk sent out copies of what he was receiving to... Um, uh, Matt Taibbi and a series of other journalists. And when he called them later on, I was like, so what did you guys get? They're like, not much. This is the big deal. This is what the hubbub's all about. And Elon's like, I'm sorry, what? Hold on, I sent you a lot more. And he went and found out, well, this is who got it and fired the guy. But this guy's in, this guy's history is very interesting. I think he was a government plant. And possibly by the end of this episode, you might agree with me. Elon Musk said he exited Twitter's deputy general counsel over concerns of the high-ranking executive tried to suppress information about the social media's platforms. Handling of the Hunter Biden laptop controversy. Now, not suppressing the laptop controversy. This guy was fired for suppressing the information about that suppression. The suppression of the suppression, if you will. Suppression, if you will. Musk, who bought Twitter last month for $44 billion, said in a tweet on Tuesday he pushed out James Baker, the FBI's top lawyer, before join- joining the social media giant in, 2020 t- in 2020 over his possible role in suppression of information important to public dialogue. 
Musk said Baker, who played a key role in the FBI probe into claims of Russian interference in the 2016 election, U.S. presidential election, had offered an unconvincing explanation for his actions when confronted. Musk's announcement came shortly before independent journalism Matt Taibbi wrote on Twitter that the planned publication for new internal files related to the Twitter handling of the Hunter Biden laptop story had been delayed due to Baker's vetting of the documents without management approval, meaning he was combing through and taking out everything that raised a red flag. Now, mind you, Elon Musk has been receiving multiple death threats. Uh, there has been rumors about attempts on him. Those have only been rumors, nothing confirmed, nothing really reported, just speculations being thrown around on 4chan and around on Twitter. Now, usually 4chan is on the ball when it comes to shit like this because they have the ability to, you know, report it quicker and faster. But until it me hits like a mainstream splash, this is the most I'll be able to say about it. But Elon Musk has said multiple times, I'm done doing public signings, I'll never do it again. I won't go to I'm done going to red carpets, I'm done doing like open air venues. I don't think Elon Musk realized the casket he was really sealing himself in. But he bought the narrative generator. He bought the main propaganda dispenser. And now the people who are dispensing all the propaganda are shitting themselves. Musk's announcement came shortly after Taibbi vetting approval. Taibbi, a former Rolling Stones journalist who now writes on Substack, said he and fellow independent journalist Barry Weiss, which is a weird choice for this one. He's more of a cultural guy, and I get that this could be a cultural story, but still, it's an interesting choice. Um, with Breitbart, if I'm not mistaken, too. Uh, I that we use fairly regularly on this show. Uh, independent uh, journalist Barry Weiss had faced obstacles searching internal documents shared with them by Musk. Taibbi said he and Weiss resumed reviewing the documents dubbed the Twitter files and were preparing to publish the next installment. Yeah, poor Jeremy over there at the quarter doing all these live streams for hours on end. Just to get kind of a uh, cock block two, three days in a row while doing like five, six hour live streams. But hey, he's making bank over there on it. You know, live super chats are, are, are very lucrative. You can get them. Taibbi on Friday published internal correspondence from October 2022 detailing how Twitter executives made the decision to uh, restrict the sharing of a New York Post article detailing the materials found on the laptop belonging to Hunter Biden, U.S. President Joe Biden's son. Now, if you wondered why a few months ago, or more like a year ago at this point, uh, the New York Post was getting attacked, even though it is itself a form of legacy media, and it was getting bashed over, it's because they actually reported on the Epstein-Hunter Biden story and the connection between the two, and then that's when you started to hear people say, Oh, the New York Post threw away all of its credibility, it threw it all out the window, blah, 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 blah. That's where that shit came from. In the communications, Twitter's top brass are shown discussing and at times disagreeing whether and how to restrict the article, which alleged Hunter Biden traded his on his father's name in his business dealings in Ukraine and China. China. Twitter executives ultimately decided the article should be restricted under its policies against hacked materials amid claims by former U.S. intelligence officials at 
or officials that the laptop store bore the hallmarks of a Russian disinformation, although no evidence of Russian involvement has ever been produced. In fact, it's been debunked multiple times. Baker was among the executives who supported restricting the article, arguing it was, quote, reasonable for us to assume it contains hacked material and caution is warranted, according to the emails published by TEB. Okay, well, if you looked at it long enough to be like, well, this might be hacked material, you had to have seen all the child pornography, right? You had to see all, 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 all the cheese pizza in that bitch. And you want to still suppress it, even though there are kids who could have had justice and, you know, actually been helped out here. But I mean, that's what the FBI does, right? I mean, the cast has shown its true colors. I mean, how long did Nad, uh, was it Nadler? Was it Naper? Um, I think it's Nadler, right? The Michigan State University uh, physician who was, like, you know, raping female Olympians. And it took him. Nesser, Dr. Nesser, there we go, took him fucking nine, ten years to actually bring him to justice, and it wasn't the FBI, it was a essentially a Me Too movement that was actually warranted and brought him to justice. Hmm. Again, go look at my Rumble footage of us walking around and interviewing some of the people that were protesting outside Michigan State and walking around EMU's campus as well, two separate campuses, but there was a protest at both of them. Uh, it's over there on the Rumble. You can go find that and watch it. Please do. It's uh, It's got only like 12 views on it, and I was out there for hours. But anyway, Baker was among the executives who supported uh, restricting the article, arguing I read that. The documents released on Friday also purported to show correspondence from the Biden campaign requesting Twitter to take down certain tweets, including purported nudes, nude photos of Hunter Biden, that were shared without consent but do not indicate that the Biden team, law enforcement, or any government agency requested the suppression of the New York Post article specifically. Yeah, my Twitter got banned because I shared that video of uh, Hunter Biden smoking crack while Joe Biden is in the clip right next to it in the frame. It's like a side-by-side thing. And the frame right next to Hunter Biden getting high is a frame of Joe Biden reading about how families are going to be destroyed and ripped apart by his 94 crime bill, and they deserve to go to jail. Taibbi's publication of the files drew a polarized response over the weekend. While media figures and politicians on the right cast the documents as confirmation of Twitter's liberal bias and hostility to free speech, many on the left describe it as a non-story that simply showed the platform's good-faith efforts to grapple, grapple with difficult moderation decisions. Yeah... Uh, Wikipedia is actually preparing to take down the entire page dedicated to the whole Twitter files thing. And even, and they're saying it's well because it's a bust and nothing came of it. Well then, if that's how you feel, you add that to the article. You don't take down the information just because what you wanted to come of it or what came of it isn't what you wanted to come of it. It's still an important part of the internet revolving around one of the most important, you know, purchases of social media ever. And you guys just want to delete that? No, it's because what came out is actually quite damning. It shows people like Katie Hobbs were having direct portals into Twitter and directly demanding suppression and direct takedowns and bans of people. And she was working as a government official, meaning as a government official, she was actively suppressing and encroaching upon the First Amendment, which is a big fucking no-no. With a big T word with a certain punishment attached to it. A big T word. 
treasure. Mm, ah, yeah. Uh, some former Twitter executives pointed pointed to the publishing of the documents, which included names and email addresses, as the latest example of Musk's irresponsible leadership of the company. With Yul Roth, Twitter's former head of trust and safety, another Fed, by the way, saying he had put employees in harm's way. Twitter's decision to restrict the New York Post article weeks out of the 2020 presidential election prompted heated debate about the role of social media in managing politically sensitive information, with conservatives accusing the platform of favoritism towards then-candidate Joe Biden's campaign. Media outlets, including the New York Times, the Washington Post, and CBS later, reported that forensic analysis showed that thousands of documents, including the materials published by the New York Post, were genuine. Former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey later told the congressional hear- told a congressional hearing on misinformation and social media that he thought the platform's handling of the article was a quote total mistake. Yet we found out later on that the way they handled and suppressed the story was happened all behind Jack Dorsey's back, which ties into what I've been thinking about Jack Dorsey is that he was more of a, a non-actor in it. He was very active in the early days of developing it, and then when he got to the CEO position, he just sort of took a back seat to it and left it up for the boards and directors to handle and manage while he just maintained his status as CEO. That's why he's working with Elon Musk right now. He also would occasionally tweet things like passages and hold chunks of books. For example, like he would just post parts of uh, Anatomy of the State randomly revolving around tech and censorship and uh, government uh, coercion. And everyone was like, really, Jack? You? What the, what the fuck? So, you know, it's something to bear in mind. And this is the end of this article. Musk says Twitter lawyer fired amid Hunter Biden laptop dispute. Um, there was no actual handle or credit given to the author of this article, unfortunately. So we're going to move on right here to the post-millennial. Breaking. Elon Musk confirms James Baker, former FBI counsel, fired from Twitter after laptop revelations. Let's zoom in here. Get to it. Published originally December 6, 2022, with some updates. On Tuesday, Twitter CEO Elon Musk announced that attorney Jim Baker had been exited from the company following recent revelations that he played a role in facilitating censorship on the platform by Jared J- Jared Yeager, Vancouver, British Columbia. Got an interview here with uh, Rand Paul. I still prefer Ron Paul to Rand Paul, but Rand is is by no means a lesser of the two. He's his own uh, brand of goodness. I just prefer his old man. But let's check out this clip here. Um, we're hearing now, so President Trump, his team, uh, former President Trump, met with the special master. They're going through all this with uh, the Department of Justice. There is a real consideration now that former President Trump could be facing a criminal indictment in relation to this classified record situation. Uh, what do you think that says for where we are as Does a country? Does that have anything to do with what I'm you just reviewing? You know, it's very common in the third world for ex-presidents to be prosecuted and put in jail. It's something that we prided ourselves in not being a banana republic. The other thing that we have to recall and, and never forget is that the FBI abused their power in investigating 
when he was the nominee and the candidate in 2016. That's true. They used the Foreign Intelligence Court, a secret court, to go after his campaign. Even under the secret court, which is supposed to be used for foreigners, they were found to have violated the law 16 or 17 times in investigating him. But my point has been, and my father's before me, has been that we shouldn't use foreign or foreign intelligence courts that are secret on Americans ever. I don't care if it's Joe Biden or Hunter Biden or anybody else. They should have the Constitution, an Article Three court, a public trial. They should be allowed to defend themselves. And so I think it's a real crime what they did to, to President Trump or candidate Trump through the FISA court. And now I think the burden's on the FBI to show that they're actually obeying the law because many of us, uh, many of us suspect the worst. Just two weeks ago, an FBI agent was fired for suppressing information about Hunter oh, Biden and suppressing that investigation. James so Baker. for people who say, oh, no, nothing to see here, no bias, you got Peter Strzok still squawking around saying, oh, look what we see here, you know, and gloating over all of this from a guy who was, you know, the king of abuse and the king of abusing power when he was at the FBI and resigned in disgrace. They still have on television touting uh, and going after Trump. It's a disgrace. But I think there's a real burden here. And as far as what the final facts will be, we'll find out over time. But uh, I am concerned that, uh, at the very least, the president's not being treated fairly. Well, I couldn't agree more. It certainly seems like something, like you say, out of a third world country, if you're looking at the, the Middle East or somewhere in Latin America, South America, you, you'd be pretty used to seeing these types of narratives. Senator Rand Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, where can people go to find more about you, or find more about what you're up to on a regular basis? Well, they can go to randpaul.com. All right, randpaul.com. Thank you very much, Senator. All right, let's uh, move but, on. Um, we're hearing Oops. that. On Tuesday, Twitter CEO Elon Musk announced that attorney Jim Baker had been ex exited from the company following recent revelations that he may have played a role in facilitating censorship on the platform. Baker had been hired by Twitter as deputy general counsel following a stint. A stint? That was many, many, many years at the FBI, bro. A stint at the FBI that ended with him essentially being forced out of a job. Got another clip here. Uh, decisions were made to, to censor reporting leading up to the election. My question was, is it the White House view that these decisions were made appropriately in light of what has come up? Which decisions? By whom? By Twitter. By Twitter on... Okay. So, look, we see this as a, a an interesting or a coincidence, if I may, that... Uh... You always just say that she's the worst. Like, just the fucking worst. Like, at least Jen Psaki, I know it's not pronounced, but Psaki pisses her off, so Jen Psaki, eh. Uh, she was at least a good spin doctor, but this bitch is just a fucking limp fish on land. Like, nothing to her. And there's no chemistry between her and, and Ducey, you know? Between Ducey and, and you know, everybody's favorite Ginger Snap... There was, there was a, you know, there was this, this tension between. We could really, a real will they, won't they, a real Ross and Rachel moment, but, you know, or maybe a, a, a real um, Robin and um, Ted, maybe a real Ted, Ted Mosby and Robin Kaczynski, but never was. Uh, that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Uh, that is a that is a full of uh, old news, if you think about it. Um, and uh, at the same time, Twitter is facing very real and very serious questions uh, about the rising volume of anger, hate, and anti-Semitism on their platform. Okay, uh, we've got him now, ladies and gentlemen. No, <laughs> an interesting coincidence. An interesting it, coincidence. This is the central beating heart of an issue, and you're, you're going to have to choose sides here. Tell me about, by the way, this is about FBI, DOJ, all of it. This is not just about Elon Musk. They have no, they are scared to the core of their being when they, if that's their first line, uh, we're helping the American family. This is Bill Clinton on his thing. We're, I'm spending my time helping the American family. 
We got him, Jack Posobiec. No, Clinton, Clinton, Clinton's line was uh, on, against Ola in 96, right? The famous line, no attack ad ever helped a hungry child. You know, that you know that was the great, the great, the great Bill Clinton, you know, you know, sarcasm intended. Uh, look, her calling this a distraction, but then if you notice, she actually says on the quiet part out loud, she calls it old news. Oh, so you're admitting that it's true. You're admitting that your deals with the Chinese Communist Party, the compromises, these escorts, which were more than likely foreign agents or certainly foreign compromise agents on Hunter Biden, the son of the vice president at the time, that were coming in. And then uh, on the next page, he's going into doing dirty deals with the top Chinese spy chief, Patrick Ho. It is quite frustrating that that, that, that is a very lucid point, too, from uh, from Jack Basabek. I, I, know it's, I know it's not pronounced, but again, I like when people get pissed off at their names being mispronounced. Anyway, it is quite frustrating that this would have been considered old news and done with and out of the, out of the, the overall narrative by now if there wasn't such suppression and acting as if all the stuff on the laptop wasn't real, only to, in the end, actually admit that, yeah, everything on the laptop is a 1,000% real, and we did suppress it, which makes everything up to that point futile. Think about how many people lost their uh, jobs and were deplatformed and silenced and treated like shit because they knew that the whole laptop thing was real, but everyone around them was just buying into the fucking NPC plantation narrative. Mm. Meanwhile, we've all, we, we can look at the documents. We can even see what's been out in public since then, because we've had this since October 2020. We know that they were doing deals with Burisma. The plot was to get Ukrainian gas to the EU. They destabilized Ukraine because they could to stand monetary uh, benefit, monetary gain from all of this. That's what the Biden family wants. So you want to talk about helping people? How, you talk about, how about you talk about the thousands of people that are dead in Ukraine, in the Donbass, across the entire country, that never would have happened if you hadn't been selling your office, sir? That's what I want to talk about. I don't think it's old news to the people that are living in Ukraine right now, to the people that are fighting for their lives, because all of this could have been prevented if the FBI hadn't come in and worked with Twitter to censor this story and Donald Trump had been given his rightfully and duly elected second term as president of the United States. All right. Let's uh, move on. Over here, a tweet from Matt Taibbi. Six degrees from now... Six degrees from now, James Baker, a familiar figure, reemerges with the release of the Twitter files. Jonathan Turley. Elon Musk responds to this. In light of concerns about Baker's possible role in suppression of information, important to public dialogue, he was exited from Twitter today. This is from December 6th. Uh, there's uh, the tweet we just read from Elon. Let's continue. Musk said that Baker's uh, explanation was unconvincing once he was confronted. The Twitter files included revelations that, quote, Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, removing links and posts warning that it may be unsafe. They even blocked the transmission via direct message. The tool, uh, Hitherto, Okay, reserved for extreme cases, e.g. child pornography. Quote, White House spokesperson Kaylee McEnany, former White House spokesperson Kaylee McEnany, was locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from Trump campaign staffer Mike Hahn, who seethed at, quote, at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. Quote, this led public policy executive Caroline uh, Strom to storm out of a polite what-the-fuck query, 
several employees noted that there were tensions between the comms and policy team who had little or less control over moderation and the safety or trust teams. Journalist Matt Taibbi revealed in a lengthy thread released on Friday. We have it here. Uh, Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and suppressing warnings that it may be unsafe. They even blocked the transmission via direct messages in a tool hitero reserved for extreme cases, e.g. child pornography. 19 White House spokesperson Kayleigh McEnany was locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from the Trump campaign staffer Mike Hahn, who seethed and said, quote, at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. Uh, I would click it open to read it, but I'm currently still suspended on Twitter, so article will be in the description below if you want to go read this in its full. Quote, uh, Strom's note returned uh, returned the answer that the laptop had been removed for violating of violation of the company's hacked material policy, quote, although several sources recalled hearing about general warning from federal law enforcement that summer about possible foreign hacks. There's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. In fact, it, in fact, that might have been the problem. Ooh, cringe. Uh, sorry, buddy. If the federal government's going around telling you, hey, this is hacked material, take it down, that is direct government involvement. This, as soon as the government sent you a te- as the government sent you a text message with a smile emoji, that's immediate government involvement with you, as far as I'm fucking concerned. Second off, second off, my friend, Zuckerberg went on Joe Rogan and said, oh yeah, we worked with the federal government to suppress things like the Hunter Biden story, we just didn't go as far as Twitter did. Bro, it's already out there. I hate to tell you, quote, the decision was made at the highest levels of the company, but without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey with former head of legal policy, I mean, Vijaya Gotti, playing a key role, quote, they just freelanced it is how one former employee characterized the decision, quote, hacking was the excuse, but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized that wasn't going to hold, but no one had the guts to reverse it, Taibi continued. Uh, 27. Former VP of Global Comms, Brandon Borman, asks, quote, Can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy? 28. To which former Deputy General Councilman Jim Baker agree again seems to advise staying on the non-course. Because, quote, caution is warranted. At one point, the former vice president of global comms at Twitter, Brandon Borman, asked if a cover-up of the Hunter Biden laptop story could be, quote, truthfully censored and covered up as part of Twitter's policies, quote, to which former deputy general counsel Jim Baker again seems to advise staying the non-course because caution is warranted. Taibbi explained, following the announcement of Baker's firing, Taibbi tweeted that more Twitter files were to be published over the weekend, but that there was a delay. Quote, We can now tell you part of the reason why. On Tuesday, Twitter Deputy General Counsel and former FBI General Counsel Jim Baker was fired among the reasons. Vetting the first batch of Twitter files without knowledge of new management, he said. Quote, the, proceeding, the process of 
producing the Twitter files involved delivery of two to two journalists, Barry Weiss and me, via a lawyer close to new management. However, that initial batch of things came became complicated over the weekend while we both dealt with the obstacles of the new search. It was at Barry Weiss who discovered that the person in charge of releasing the files was someone named Jim Baker. When called to ask Jim's last name, the answer came back, Jim Baker, Taibi continued, and my jaw hit the fucking floor. It's been quite a week in Thread Twitter uh, Files Supplemental. Uh, the first batch of uh, files both reported and received as marked Sp uh, Spectra Banker emails. Taibi is a controversial figure, or Baker is a controversial figure, who has been something of a zilg for the FBI controversies, dating back to 2016 from the Steele dossier to Alpha Server mess. After he resigned in 2018, after an investigation into leaked in, uh, leaks to the press, Barry Weiss responds, It's been quite a weekend. Taibi continues, the news that Baker was reviewing the Twitter files suppressed everyone, uh, surprised everyone involved, to say the least. New Twitter chief Elon Musk acted quickly to exit Baker Tuesday. Reports resumed searches through Twitter uh, files materials. A lot of it today, the next installment of the Twitter files will appear. Stay tuned at Barry Weiss. Twitter, after... The Hunter Biden story had been released prior to 2020 presidential election, claimed that they believed the data revealed by journalist Emma Jo Morris and the New York Post had been hacked. This was not true. Hacked material is not allowed on the platform under their terms of service. The New York Post account uh, was locked, and many media outlets from NPR to the New York Times to the Washington Post all issued explainers to readers as to why they refused to cover the story rather than actually cover the story. CBS just only admitted that it was real. After the presidential election in which winning votes went to Joe Biden, it was revealed that nothing about the story was false, hacked, or misinformation, and that the social media platform, which essentially operated as an American newsstand, had censored the information that was essentially for the American public. Polls after the election showed that many of Americans would likely not have voted for Biden had they known about the contents of the laptop from 17 to 25 percent, actually. More than enough to actually sway the vote. Dorsey and Zuckerberg had to go before Congress and apologize to the American people for what they had done, which each of them assumed was the best was in the best interest of the nation, the American elections, and their platforms. This is all breaking news and will also be updated. And that is the end of this upload from Inside Four Walls and the last upload for today. If I can, I'll have all the I'll have today's broadcast uploaded as its entirety in about the hour and a half to two hour uh, video. It will be going up around eight. Uh, all videos go up on BitChute within the hour, so they'll all be uh, up on BitChute before 12 today. Meanwhile, throughout the day, the rest of the content will be uploaded periodically. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. Please like, share, comment, subscribe. Uh, leave any counters in the comments below. Leave a link to your sources. Um, that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Masson, and I shall catch you guys later. Deuce.
critics say he should have known full well what he posted was inappropriate. On his personal Facebook page, San Francisco police veteran Ernie Ferrando waded into the politically fraught case of Brittany Griner, a WNBA basketball star found guilty of bringing cannabis-infused vape cartridges into Russia. Ferrando posted a meme. The first half refers to Griner questioning back in 2020 whether the national anthem should be played. The second half has her singing the anthem from a Russian jail cell. In response, another SFPD veteran, Jim Perra, wrote, she can rot over there forever as far as I'm concerned. Miranda then replies, absolutely, and posted a U.S. flag emoji. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Madison, and I might be able to get one or two more episodes recorded today. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'll try to get one more episode recorded after this. No promises, but welcome back to the show for the most slighted trade deal ever. Griner, Russia frees U.S. basketball star and swap with arms dealer bout. Damn. So, yeah, she's out. Let's read the article, give my thoughts as we go. Over here at Ground News with the brief introduction, U.S. and Russia have exchanged jailed U.S. basketball star Brittany Griner, Griner for notorious arm dealer Victor Bout held in an American prison for 12 years. Oh, Ukraine, get fucked, apparently. We scroll down here for our articles of choice. We see right here, Napa Valley is the one we chose 23 minutes ago. Center bias, high factuality. Washington Examiner, my personal favorite, right, mixed factuality, 33 minutes ago. And over here on the left, we have Brittany Grinder, live updates. WNBA star swapped for Victor Bout in Prisoner Exchange 30 minutes ago from ABC News. So, newer article right here with Napa Valley. It's newer and center bias, center with a high with a high factuality rating. That's why I chose today's article, and let's continue. WNBA star Brittany Griner freed in U.S.-Russia prisoner swap. By the way, uh, I've heard the urban legends thrown around that Brittany right here is actually a man. I've heard the voice recordings. It's quite convincing. Um... Nothing has confirmed it before or after, but I'm going to say, man, that's a pretty distinct Adam's apple right there. Is it just me? Is it, Maybe it's a shadow? But, bro, that is a very distinct Adam's apple. That's a hell of a butt chin on you, brother. Let's continue. Our article over here at Napa Valley by Eric Tucker, Matthew Lee from the Associated Press, December 8th, updated five minutes ago. Washington AP. Russia freed WNBA star Brittany Griner on Thursday in a dramatic, high-level prisoner exchange with U.S. releasing notorious Russian arms dealer Victor Bout. American officials said the swap at the time of heightened tensions over Ukraine achieved a top goal for President Joe Biden, but carried a heavy price and left behind an American jailed for nearly four years in Russia. First off, there is no reason why this bitch should be Joe Biden's number one priority. Look, you know me, guys. I'm all about fucking federally legalizing all drugs and ending the Fed. I'm all about that shit. Either have a country by the Constitution, either have a government by and for the Constitution, or don't have a government at all. It's that simple. But she knowingly went to a country knowing that marijuana was illegal there in all its forms 
<coughs> and still smuggled a vape, a, uh, a, a wax cart. And I'm not one to talk. I got mine right here. You know? Hey, I get it. But you were not in America. And I'm sorry. Look, I don't care who wins the Russian-Ukraine conflict. I really don't care. I would like to see NATO get its shit pushed in. But ultimately, it's a Russian-NATO conflict. We've talked about this in depth before. We've covered it with a handful of episodes multiple times. So, I want to be real brief on this. She was a kneel-for-the-flag type. She kneeled for the flag, posted a bunch of like pro-communist shit on her Twitter and whatnot. I would pull it up, but I'm still currently banned on Twitter. Anyway, she posted all this shit, and she went to Russia, and she got thrown in the gulag. You like communism? Gulag for you. Disagree with that point? Alright, I'll have another one for you. If you disagree with that point, I imagine you probably don't want Ukraine to lose, right? We just gave Russia one of their top arms dealers in exchange for a stoner female basketball player. Female in alleged quotations, by the way. Basketball star. And at the same time, right, at the same time, we abandoned Americans in Afghanistan. There are Americans right now being killed by the Taliban in Kabul, Afghanistan, right now, because Joe Biden abandoned them there, right? Furthermore than that, we have Americans stranded all around this fucking country and all around, or all around this world. They're just high and dry, and were forgotten during the transition of power between one administration to the current administration. And Joe Biden's number one priority is some stoner basketball bitch. By the way, no one's watching WNBA. The only reason WNBA exists is because legally it had to because you have to offer a female version for everything. No one's watching WNBA. Bro, we a business I worked at, we gave away local, we gave away tickets to the U of M uh, WNBA games for free as raffles. And you don't know who entered that? Old dudes who were horny? And, like, teenage chicks who weren't going to go to begin with. They just wanted to be, you know, get involved. How, how do I know they didn't want to go in the first place? Because they never answered the phone calls when they did win. But let's move on. The deal, the second such exchange in eight months with Russia, procured the release of the most prominent American detained abroad. No, she's not. Assange... Snowden, literally anyone else. Look, we'll be talking about Edward Snowden and Julian Assange way after we're done talking about this bitch. I'm sorry, am I right or am I right? Like, she's a flash in the pan. This was a diversity thing. This was to get... I'm surprised Joe Biden didn't do this beforehand. But I'm sure this deal wasn't in the works beforehand. But Joe Biden's staff was like, look, sure, you could get her back here. But you would also be giving Russia one of their number one arms dealers and collectors an exchange that could hurt you in the polls. So let's just not do anything and act like we're going to do something later. There, right? And now this is happening now. Just an assumption. But just a thought. And for a president that, that is so anti-Russia, Joe Biden definitely be helping helping out Russia a whole lot. He gave them... Funding and approval, America's support and approval and funding to finish Nord Stream after he shut down fracking and 
our pipelines here, Keystone, and the current attack on the one in my form in my old home state of Michigan, the Pipeline Five network or system. It's multiple pipelines. It's not just one. If you ever meet anybody who tells you that Line Five is just one pipeline, they're retarded and do not take them seriously. Treat them as the pinko that they are. Now. And on top of all that, he also gave Russia a list with 16 important American infrastructure points that he said, please do not strike. Just gave that to Vladimir Putin. And here's the thing, like I've said before, between Russia and Ukraine, a conflict between two of the most corrupt, evil nations that have ever existed, the best thing you can hope for is a double knockout, and to root for one side or the other is to actively root for war, and I'm not down for that. But if you do make me paint and pick one side or the other in like a tribal setting... Just for the tribal fuck of it. Oh, I'm going to go with Russia every time. Are you kidding me? But that's only for played it for tribal. Ultimately, you know, either cease fire or knock each other the fuck out and leave the civilians as untouched as possible. Anything else is just rooting for war. I want to drink some Speedway coffee. Let's see, second in eight months with Russia. Procured the release of the most prominent American detained abroad, Griner is a two-time Olympic gold medalist whose month-long imprisonment on drug charges brought unprecedented attention to the population of wrongful detainees. Uh, again, homie, I'm just going to say this right now. No. Bro, people were already people already forgot about Brittany Griner. People had already moved on. She wasn't part of the new cycle. She was a forgetting part. Like, honestly, this episode would probably get a decent amount of plays, but... No, she wasn't that hot of a deal. She wasn't that big of a topic. People had already moved on. People had their rah-rah about her. We were already on to the next thing. If anything, you're just sort of bringing a bookend to a, a, a book series that no one's going to care about. Sort of like when, you know, uh, Martin releases the last book, book in the Game of Thrones series. And everyone's like, bro, we don't care no more. Biden authorized uh, the Biden's authorization to release a Russian felon once nicknamed the Merchant of Death underscored the escalation escalating pressure that his administration faced to get Griner home, particularly after the recent resolution of her criminal case and her subsequent transfer to the penal colony. Again, don't stand for the flag, hate America, gulag for you, bro. You wanted that BLM shit? You liked Marxism? Gulag for you. The swap, confirmed by U.S. officials with direct knowledge of negotiations who were not authorized to publicly discuss the deal before a White House announcement and spoke on the condition of anonymity. Russian and U.S. officials have conveyed caution, op, caution, cautious optimism My bad. in recent weeks after months of strained negotiations with the Biden with Biden saying in November that he was hopeful with Russia uh, hopeful that Russia would engage in a deal now that the midterm elections were completed they wanted to make the deal they were willing to come to the table and talk to talk with Elon Musk when he proposed his deal it was Ukraine who said any talks of peace will be seen as pro Kremlin rhetoric also shout out to the homie who left me a, a comment on the yesterday's video who said Russia's bad guy. Uh, he said, Russia, bad guy, fuck you. I was like, alright, bet. What are your sources? And went MIA. So again, I'm open to calendars. Just send me your sources in the comments. 
ultimately, I hope both sides lose. Uh, as many governments can be wiping each other out as possible, and I'm fine with it. Just leave the civilians completely untouched. But as of like three days ago, Russia said we are no longer open for peace negotiations, which I will admit is an alarming bell that has been rung. Uh, for the longest time, when they were working with uh, China, I was like, that's it, man. There's no good guys. There's no bad guys. I mean, it's war. There never was to begin with. But China's involvement has switched. China went from being you know, on Russia's side to being on Ukraine's side. And I wonder what the deal behind that fucking story is as well. Because that was the overnight transition of loyalties that no one questioned. It just happened. And it was like, boop, boop. It's like, huh, weird. But this whole thing's been shrouded in a lot of weirdness. I just find the Britney Grinder thing to be the least interesting aspect of the entire Russian, Ukraine, and Joe Biden, and FTX thing as a whole. Grinder is such a forgotten afternote. Like, it's... I, I, find, I find there's so much attention put on her in this article. I mean, this article's about her, but they talk about it as if this is a, a story that's really still striking hard with a lot of people. Maybe on the left... And in the activist class, maybe with uh, the politicos like me, but outside of that, the the regular people just don't give a fuck. It's been weeks since anybody asked me what I thought about Brittany Griner. And maybe that's just me putting too much, you know, emphasis on myself, but most of the uh, most of the people who watch my show are people I know. Well, I'd say at least maybe 15 of the, of the people who watch my show are people I know. And of all the things we talk about, Brittany Griner has not been uh, a on-top-of-mind um, a topic of conversation. But let's get back into it. In November, uh, with Biden saying November, he was hopeful with that Russia would engage in a deal now that the midterm elections were completed. Again, I don't know why you didn't work hard to get them going beforehand. It's almost like you wanted to maintain some sort of American war image during a midterm election. A top Russian official said last week that a deal was possible before the year's end. Even so, the fact that the deal was a one-for-one swap was a surprise given the U.S. officials had for months expressed their determination to bring home both Griner and Paul Wellian, a Michigan corporate security executive jailed in Russia since December 2018 on espionage charges that his family and the U.S. government has said are baseless. I'll have to dedicate a whole thing just to that. That's interesting. Bro, this looks like the hardest mixtape of 2022 right here. This is some XXL freshman looking shit right here, right now. Just some pictures. Let me scroll here. Black Lives for Peace. Kenosha, Minnesota, and... People in little red hats being executed with the BLM flag blown above their heads and corpses. Yeah, I'm totally, totally. Again, that is a nice throat, man. Is that a, just the world's thickest Adam's apple? What the fuck? Yeah, these are just kind of pictures. So anybody listening to this, you're not really getting anything for this. But uh, here we go. Just some pictures. All right just gonna scroll through here there you go that's the end of this article we're gonna hop over to one more just gonna just click on over to my preferred outlet of choice just to see what the washington examiner has to say about this this is just kind of a i thought the moment you know i'm at 15 minutes uh, i don't have to leave for work for another hour and a half so i can 
do this. So let's just hop over. This is full disclosure. I like the Washington Examiner. They're my favorite outlet. Let's check them out. Brittany Griner released in prisoner swap with Russia. She is safe by Cami uh, Mondox. December 8th at 8.13 a.m. This is only about 40 minutes ago of, as of my time. Women's basketball player Brittany Griner was released from custody during a one-for-one prisoner swap on Thursday after she exchanged, after exchange agreement was negotiated with Russia officials last week. U.S. officials announced the prisoner exchange took place on Thursday in the United, United Arab Emirates. According to CBS News and the U.S. officials released... International arms dealer Victor Bout. In exchange for Griner, the basketball player's release comes months after Griner was detained in a Russian airport in February on drug charges after security officials discovered she was carrying a cannabis oil cartridges in her luggage. I find it funny they don't just like call it wax or shatter or concentrates. But then again, they probably don't know, and if they do know, they probably don't want to act like they know a whole lot about it. But everyone who writes, every politico, every news guy has their drug of choice. I don't care if it's caffeine or methamphetamines. Everybody in the news world has got their vice dog. Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I just find it funny. Oil concentrates. I'm not just going to say wax card. Was it MKX brand? I'm just very curious. Shout out to MKX. That is like the best brand of card out there. And if you disagree, uh, much like if you don't chew Big Red, fuck you. Anyway, let's go. Moments ago, quote, moments ago, I spoke to Brittany Griner, President Joe Biden said on Twitter, quote, she's, uh, uh she, you know, man, she's, she's safe. She's on a, on a, on a plane right now in, in, in the sky with Lucy. She's on her, on a, on, on a, on, on her way, way to the baseball stadium right now, I mean home right now, which is more accurate to how I imagine the quote went. Griner was arrested last February after bringing vape cartridges, there we go, closer to what they're actually called, containing minimal amounts of cannabis. She pled guilty to charges admitting during her trial that she used it, uses it medically and unintentionally brought it in her luggage. You do not unintentionally bring that in your luggage, bro. Was it in a pocket? I don't buy that. Sorry. Uh, not that I've ever snuck anything to the airport, but, bro, come on. That's not Let's see. Unintentionally brought in her luggage. Griner was sentenced to nine years in prison, one short of the maximum sentence in August. It's unclear what charges are in negotiation recently, even as U.S. officials reiterated that the Kremlin had not been engaging in good-faith negotiations. These comments from officials came after the State Department revealed in July that it had offered a Substantial proposal to get Griner and Paul Wellian, another American whom the Biden administration considers wrongfully detained. Okay, well at least we at least agree agree on that one. Bout nicknamed the Merchant of Death, had been in the U.S. prison since the since 2012, following a sting operation overseas. His willingness to sell arms to alleged human rights abusers in multiple uh, in a multitude of African nations provided him with that nick bro. The U.S. government literally does that. It's, they're just mad that, the U.S. government's just mad that this man was cutting in on their turf. That's it. It's not any deeper than that. 
William, who is currently serving a 16-year prison sentence after being convicted of sabotage, char espionage charges, he vehemently denies, was not included in Thursday's swap. Quote, We celebrate the long-overdue return of Brittany Griner and her safe return home to her wife, family, teammates, and the WNBA, who fought for her relentlessly. While we celebrate Brittany's homecoming, our heart breaks for the Wellmingham family. Paul Wellian has been let down and left behind at least three times by two presidents. He deserves better from his government, and our campaign implores Joe Bi President Biden to urgently secure Paul's immediate return using all tools available. Jonathan Frank, a spokesperson uh, for Bring Our Families Home campaign, said in a statement, Damn, I was really hoping that was going to come from, like, Griner's people specifically, but it's not. But I will agree with that overall statement. Um, here's the thing. I'm not well informed enough into the case. I'm going to assume, just on good faith, that there is no base to the charge that he was doing espionage work over there. But at the same time, why was he over there? If that's what you're doing, there is a risk you run. I do find it funny that... You know, we traded a dude that can secure all kinds of weaponry for Russia, specifically. Um, instead, it, we exchanged that risk for a stoner lesbian basketball player. And it has nothing to do with her being a stoner or a lesbian. It's just you brought drugs into a country where you knew the drug laws. Griner had been there before. This wasn't new to her. On top of that, you also kneel for the flag, talk shit about this country, and act as if you don't want to be here. So I'm not as sympathetic towards you as someone who got arrested doing espionage work for this country. Ultimately, I would prefer it if both got here and there's never a trade deal involved in the first place. I don't think marijuana should earn anybody a sentence. She wasn't arrested for being a communist or anything like that. She was arrested for being a pothead. And... Here in America, I support decriminalization of all drugs, federally legalized across the board, allow states and territories to make their own laws and setups that are enforced however the people in these communities see and deem fit. But that's just my stance on it. It's a pretty sideways deal, and it will definitely impact Ukraine. And Ukraine's already backed into a corner pretty hard. So, there you go. Uh, Brittany Griner has been released. It is 9.07 a.m. on Thursday as of the time of this recording. So by the time you get this, it'll probably be closer to 1 or 2 a.m. Unless you're on bit shoot, then it'll be up by 11-ish. So, I don't know. We'll see how the story unfolds. Uh, there's an update. There'll be an update from this point on. We'll see how it goes. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, James Madison, and I shall catch you guys later. Deuce. Uh, hey. Hey there. So, uh, it's been 24 hours. Got my money? Oh, I, you know what? Just give me till next Friday. I'll have it for you. Oh. Oh, that's funny. I could have sworn I said have it today. Yeah, I don't have it. Sorry. Oh, well, all right then. Mmm, that's good, OJ. <laughs> Yeah, that hurt? Oh, that hurt? What the hell? Yeah, it oh, feels so good, does it? Oh, no, yeah. huh? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what happens. Where's my money? You gonna give me my money? Where's my money, man? Where's the money? Yeah, you like that? That feel good? That feel good? Where's the money, man? Where's
You got till five o'clock, you hear me? You got till five o'clock! You freaking psychopath! Clean yourself up. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls, I'm your host James Masson, and now we're going to look a little bit more towards the crypto market to start our day off. I've been promising an, N an uh, NTX update for a minute, but uh, I'm still doing some sort of uh, info reconnaissance on that one. Let me sure get the accurate story to you, uh, and we'll touch on what updates I have on that story after we get through this article, but there's been a curious development that not a lot of news stories are talking about directly. Now, you can just Google three crypto billionaires died, and you'll find a slew of articles, but since they're all more or less aggregating news information to write their pieces, they don't really fall neatly into any particular category for the ground news aggregate, so I went for a personal preference on here. I encourage you to go do your own research. research. To full disclosure here, Breitbart tends to have a mixed, uh, mixed factuality and a right lean on ground news. I personally prefer Breitbart. My favorite news outlet of all time, though, is the Washington Examiner. Um, I've made that pretty abundantly clear over the years. But, like I said, please use your own research. Pick your own articles at leisure. If you find anything to fact check me on, please fact check me in the comments below. That being said, let's get right into it, shall we? Dropping like coin prices. Hopefully this adjustment doesn't bother anyone's ears. Sorry about that. My uh, boom's been having a little bit of an issue. Uh, the clip snapped on it earlier, so now I'm just jerry-rigging it. But let's continue. <clears throat> Dropping like coin prices. Three crypto billionaires have died in the last month. Now, a little thing to touch on here with our uh, Mr. Bankman Free. He, uh, we know he funded big players like Maxine Waters. By the way, I want to be ahead of the curb here and say Maxine Bankman Free to 2024. That's a winning ticket. It's, uh, it's not going to crash. Now, we know Sam Bankman funded a lot of really powerful DNC players and some very few scant Republican players, the Mitt Romney types, are who he supported. The people who, in the legislature and Congress, as well as some pressure on the judicial side of things, not the Supreme Court, but in like the local thing, you gotta remember, Bankman Freed and George Soros were the two largest donors to all these Democrats and crooked Republicans. <laughs> I repeat myself, they're just Democrats. Um... I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take the Max Steyer approach to it. Anyway, I don't like. I'm just calling him a Democrat instead of calling him a spook. I'm gonna call him a Democrat. It's, ugh, Democrat. Now, just really playing with the tribal politics. Now, uh, like I was saying, we know what the people he funded and people he's close with, like George Soros. I mean, hell, look around. Bankman Fried's been getting fluff pieces in all the media. He just did a live interview with the Times where they talk about what a great philanthropist he was. Meanwhile, he's, like, defrauding everybody. Unless you're actually on the island he lives on, then you can withdraw your money because he doesn't want you to, He doesn't want anybody who can get to him to be angry at him. True facts. We'll, we'll, true facts. We'll get into that one. But these guys didn't grease the right palms, apparently. Or maybe they did at one point in time, and that's what came back to get them. Three well-known cryptocurrency billionaires have died under mysterious circumstances over the past month, fueling conspiracy theories. This article is by Lucas Nolan. Over the course of the past three months, 
multiple cryptocurrency billionaires have died under mysterious circumstances. All three had made their fortunes in the cryptocurrency industry, with one tweeting that he believed he was being targeted just days before the demise. Uh, Nikolai Mushjian. On October 28th, cryptocurrency pioneer Nikolai Mushkin tweeted that he believed intelligence agencies were going to were going to murder him. Uh, Mushiga, uh, yeah, Mushkina was the co-founder uh, and uh, co-founder of MakerDAO, a blockchain-based decentralized finance platform. In a tweet posted at four. 57 a.m. He stated, quote, CIA Mossad, a pedo elite, ooh, CIA and Mossad and pedo elite are running some kind of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico and the Colombia, in the Caribbean islands. Now, again, we know this is largely what the, you know, special intelligence agencies and Epstein's connection was. Epstein had the power and the funds in order to entrap these people, and the CIA and the intelligence agencies were interested in the information he had, and he created this very beneficial mutual agreement where one hand would protect the other. As long as the other hand provided that protection, the other hand would fuel the other one with information and resources to keep an eye on anyone else that the intelligence state may want to go after in the elite class. But again, that's only one very, very small nebulous cord of this bigger spider web we're working through. A spider web that, in all honesty, we probably will not know the full extent of until much, much... Um... She's not okay. Anyway, moving on. Sorry, for those listening, there's an article here in the corner that grabbed my attention. So Jennifer Lawrence says there were no female action stars before her, and she's just blatantly wrong and unhinged. Again, this bitch has nightmares about Tucker Carlson. Well, let's continue. Oh, and by the way, I, I, I don't doubt anything he just claimed before he got he got smoked. My question is, did they get you? Like, did they have you footage of you doing something you weren't supposed to be doing? Anyway, let's continue. He added, quote, They are going to frame me with a laptop planted by my ex-girlfriend, who was a spy. They will torture me to death. So, again, it sounds kind of out there, but you look at people like, um, uh, what's his name? We know people in our own government have been infiltrated and had romantic relationships with uh, Chinese spies, for example, such as Eric Swalwell here. So, I mean, that's not as out there uh, of a claim as it may initially seem on the surface. Furthermore, with the laptop thing, we've seen... Now, I'm not at all saying that now, Hunter laptop was a set, was a setup. I thousand percent believe the Hunter laptops a thousand percent real. But I wouldn't put it past the state to try and monkey the waters. They saw how the laptop story spread. They saw that that you know went wide and far, despite their best efforts to suppress the story. So they probably think, oh well, you know, if we recreate pretty much the exact same thing. It will have the same exact spread and will have the same exact results, which inevitably, of course, they wouldn't. That's not how the internet works. The government doesn't quite get that, though. They're good at writing psyops and taking people down uh, falsely, but when it comes to actual logistics of how they do it, they're very sloppy in execution, almost consistently. And then you look at things like what's going on with Twitter right now, where you had, uh, had that, uh, I'm blinking on his name right now, 
but you had the former FBI director who was working as a content moderation moderator who was handling the Twitter files between Elon Musk to um, how do you pronounce his name the uh, the journalist Taibi Matt Taibi and then it turns out oh this guy was actually a Fed this guy was one of the main operators oops it was one of the main operators and movers and shakers during the Russia Gate uh, hoax. I was like, oh, okay. I don't for a minute think he was ever actually fired from the from the you know intelligence agencies. I think he was just working covertly. So this just seems to be the exact continuation. Uh, I've talked about this before. Not that I have any affiliations to any groups at all. It's just I've filmed and documented a lot of these groups. But from Antifa to Boogaloo to Proud Boys. I don't need to mention Patriot Front because that was a Fed operation from the very beginning, but the U.S. government isn't good at just squashing people with force. They Well, they are good at it, but that's not with how they do it. They intercept, they infiltrate, and they work themselves into the system until they weave themselves into the fabric of any group or movement, either through spies or recruiting people with a criminal record, like, hey, you know, you're in prison, you got five years left to serve, tell you what... We can get that down to one year left to serve. If you do some reconnaissance work for us, we need you to, you know, go into this groove, just hang out with them. These are your type of people. Blah, 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 blah. Now, give me one second. I need to blow my nose. Back. Sorry. So, uh, for example, <clears throat> I said it, like, like the government's not just going to send an armed group of goons every time. Like, they, they have, but this isn't their typical MO. What they'll do is they'll send a group of people into a group, and these people will slowly over time morph and inf infiltrate the group and turn the group into just another arm of uh, federal field agents or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Glows, essentially. Uh, for example, look at what happened with that Facebook group in Michigan with the uh, kidnapping Gretchen Whitmer. It was a group, it was like a bunch of Trump-supporting Michiganders who were talking about fishing and other bullshit. Uh, 18 feds got into the group. And then, over the course of four months, they had filtered through the group, removed people, and kept only certain people who fell in line with a certain, you know, amount of gullibility. And then they got them all in an entrapment case to kidnap the governor of Michigan. So I could totally see them using uh, uh, using the, uh, the thought-spy-girlfriend tactic here to completely subvert and bring this guy out. Oh, look how bad he is. I'm, I'm just saying, I've been harping on way too long, but this is... Again, this is right out of the government's playbook. I'm all, I'm all, uh, I'm not seeing anything I fully would, would call or dis, uh, discredit quite yet. The New York Post reports that Michigan then left his $6 million beach house in San, uh, in San Juan, Puerto Rico for a walk shortly after 9 a.m. Shit, I'm going for that walk, son. Uh, Michigan's body, uh, body in the waves, uh, doesn't say bodies in the waves, where he had apparently drowned. So shouldn't you say... Okay. Um, uh, Tiatin Kalander. On November 23rd. In a... It was revealed... Let me turn my brightness down. It was revealed that Tiatin Kalander, the co-founder of the Hong Kong-based digital assets company, Amber Group, was reported to have died in his sleep. Kaliander was just 30 years old. Well, either he got uh, Clintoned, Epstein, McAfee, or he got jabbed. His company website published the news, quote, 
with the deepest sadness and a heavy heart. Kellender launched Amber uh, in 2017 with a group of finance uh, insiders, including former Goldman Sachs Group and Morgan Stanley workers. Amber Group had received a $3 billion evaluation in 2022 and was seeking another $100 million in funds shortly before Cullender's death. Quote, He put his heart and soul into the company in every stage of its growth. He led by example with his intellect, generosity, humanity, (laughs) diligence, and creativity. The company statement reads, quote, T.T. T.T was a respected was a respected thought leader and widely recognized as a pioneer for the industry his depth of knowledge his willingness to collaborate and his desire to always help others benefited countless startups and individuals and now we go over here to Vashlav Taran on November 29th it was reported that billionaire Vashlav Taran 53 years old, the Russian... Oh, he's Russian, you don't say. The Russian founder of the Forex Club and president of the Liberex Group. This is actually an interesting one right here. Had died in a helicopter crash near the French-Italian border in Villafrèche-sur-Mer. Turan's business described itself as leading foreign exchange for crypto trading platform. And it is said, quote, it is with great sadness that Librex Group confirms the death of its co-founder and chairman of the board of directors, Vyacheslav Turan, after a helicopter crash. Yo, homie really got Kobe'd, huh? Damn. Turan was traveling in his Airbus H-130 helicopter from Lucerne, Switzerland to Monaco. When it crashed, Turan and the helicopter's French pilot were both killed, according to the French Bureau Radio Network. Well, that just confirms that there are more than one way to boil frogs. Although none of the deaths of the crypto billionaires appears to be linked, all of them are mysterious enough to raise a few eyebrows. Breitbart News will continue to report on the cryptocurrency industry as the perilous state of billionaire of its billionaire class. Lucas Nolm is reporting is a reporter for Breitbart News covering the issues of free speech and online censorship. Follow him at Twitter at Lucas Nolan. That's L-U-C-A-S-N-O-L-A-N. And now we move on to the next article. More of an update on Sam Bankman Freed. Moving forward. FTX hires forensic investigators to track missing funds. FTX has hired a team of forensic investigators to track billions of dollars that went missing from crypto exchange. The investigators are from an advisory firm at Alex Partners. The team is led by Matt Jaquis, a former chief accountant for the Securities and Exchange Commission Enforcement Division. Yeah, sorry boys. You got the feds investigating a major donor to the current ruling political party. You're not going to get results, but let's get into the article, shall we? You scroll down here. I always picked this one originally, but it literally says one fucking sentence. That's the whole article. So we're going to move on and go for the second link, which is Watcher Guru. 
Uh, no credibility, low or high, has been credited to any of these outlets, so I can't speak to their factuality. But all I can say is this is an unfolding story. There are tweets about it. People are talking about it. It's a thing that's happening. I've asked around. It's the most interesting story that's not that interesting, okay? It's about as interesting, okay, as a... As a, uh... Joel Osteen story at the beginning of one of his sermons. Boring and not funny. He lies. They're never funny. FTX hires forensic investigators to track missing funds by Olivia Derry Ramian. But here's the weird thing. We already know where most of the funding went. We know without doubt. We know this guy was the second largest donor to the Democrat Party right behind George fucking Soros. It knows, bro. It knows. Now, crypto billionaire Sam Bankman frieds downfall could deprive Democrats of key donor. And this is an establishment shell outlet. This is NPC. I mean, NBC talking. I'll leave a link to this article in the description below. But let's continue down this road right here. So we know where a lot of the money went. The money, a lot of the money went to Ukraine. It was funneled back into the hands of the DNC. Some scant Republicans, but again, uniparty, shills, not any America First types, not any Libertarians, not any Independents. Hardcore Blue or McConnell types. So we know where a ton of the money went, so I found this investigation a little dubious on its surface. How would you want to bet that this investigation is just going to be a... Oh, well, we looked and didn't find anything, so we don't know what to tell you. FTX's new management has hired a team of forensic investigators to track billions of dollars that went missing from crypto exchange, according to the Wall Street Journal's anonymous sources. The investigators are from advisory firm Alix Partners. The team is led by Matt Jaquiz, a former chief accountant for the Securities and Exchange Commission Enforcement Division. Right here from Watcher Guru's uh, Twitter account, you've got Justin... FTX hires forensic investigators to track the billions of dollars that went missing. I would interact more with the post, but I can't. I'm still banned on Twitter. Moving on. The forensic firm will be in charge of conducting asset tracing to identify and recover the missing digital assets alongside. It will be it will complement the restructuring work being undertaken by FTX. It is worth recalling here that a lawyer representing FTX debaters revealed that towards the end of November, quote, a substantial amount of assets have either been stolen or are missing. From FTX, in fact, the funds are being laundered and have been on the move via various crypto mixers and exchanges. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried told the Wall Street Journal in a recent interview that he could not explain what happened to the billions of dollars that were sent from FTX to Almameda, which is interesting because that backtracks on something else he had already stated. I mean, we'll hop right over to the article over here from the Daily Mail. Disgraced tech bro, Sam Bakeman-Fried blames his ex-lover for FTX collapse and $32 billion loss, admits he lied about being moral, and calls ethics a dumb game we woke Westerners play. SEC chair in a corner for lack of oversight of a Wild West crypto market. 
he gave his money to his girlfriend and said she gambled it all away. I loaned it to her and she was going to pay it back. Let's just read through the points real quick. Disgraced tech bro Sam Bankman Freed, 30 years old, has blamed his ex-girlfriend for the collapse of the company. His on-and-off his on, on off lover, Caroline Ellison, the ugliest Meg, Meg Griffin-looking... Ellis, 28, served as CEO of the FTX owner's crypto trading house, Almeida. In a new interview, FTX owner Bankman Freed backtracked on previous comments about being ethical and said it was a front. Securities and Exchange Commission Chair Gary Glenson is now facing scrutiny over his relationship with Bankman Freed. Uh, Gensler is in a corner for a lack of oversight of the crypto market, which he has described as a wild west. FTX drew backing from politicians and celebrities. He shared a stage with Bill Clinton and former British Prime Minister Tony Blair, as well as uh, Ghislaine Bunchen. And don't forget, he also knew Epstein before his death. He also was rubbing shoulders with Ghislaine Maxwell, literally. A lawsuit filed in Florida by disgraced investors who say they lost $11 billion alleged Bankman Freed and his backers are responsible for many billions of da- dollars in damages. The lawsuit named celebrities Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Curry, and Brady's supermodel ex-wife, Yeslin Benchin. Oh, that's who that is. Comedian Larry David and tennis star Naomi Oska. Now, to be fair, Larry David in all those ads said, don't do it. And the ad said, don't be like Larry. No, 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 no. You should have been like Larry. To give Larry David any break here, homie literally said, nah, I would, I know, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And you know what? When it comes to people like Larry David, you know, the nose nose bros. I'm going to get in trouble for all these jokes. They're subliminals, but they're jokes. Or are they serious? I mean, I am German, but they're jokes. They're jokes. I miss the old Kanye. In a series of tweets on Wednesday, Bakeman Fried said, We got overconfident and careless. Now, let's wrap this article up here. If there's time, we'll finish up reading this Daily Mail article. Otherwise, it'll be in the description below. I really want to keep these under a half hour long and get as much information as, as much as possible in here. It is worth recalling here. I already read that part. Uh... But yeah, he said, oh, we don't know where the, where, where the money went. Bro, you've said multiple times until today that your girlfriend, you loaned the money to your girlfriend and she was going to win it all back. Bro, you're goofy. Oh, this article is openly shilling. It's one of the two, but I can't speak to the factuality. If I had like a factuality rating, I could tell you which it was with a little bit more confidence. But it's either maliciously lying or it's just ignorance. It's one of the two. But I will point out they didn't really quote where he said oh i don't know founder sam bacon free told the wall street journal in which he interviewed that he could not explain i already read that part yeah yeah you can bro actually i hate to tell you but you can ftx newly appointed chief executive john ray said that the firm's financial reporting was untrustworthy, and he described Bankman Freed and his colleagues as potentially compromised mr ray also revealed that ftx used software to avail the misuse of customer funds as per as per court papers the 50 largest creditors alone are owed more than 3 billion da damn subpoena definitely on the table 
for SBF. Yeah, definitely in quotes for good reason. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried is supposed to testify before Congress. Oh, I'm sorry. The audio levels just spiked. Hopefully I didn't hurt your ears. Uh, testify before Congress next week. The founder recently stated that he was unsure if he would attend the hearing. Consequently, a couple of days back, House Financial Service Committee Chair Maxine Waters took to Twitter to compel him to attend the hearing. Now, if you come to, if you come to the hearing, that'd be real nice here. I'll take my dentures and I'm just slobbing a knob on the table, alright? It'll be fine, it'll be fine. I'm Nancy Pelosi on dark mode. <laughs> Bro, holy shit, I've never thought about that before. Yeah, but, yo, Maxine Waters is really just Nancy Pelosi in dark mode. <laughs> If you see these banksmen in public, you make sure you blow them. Make sure you sit down for the lunch and you disrupt them. You, you blow them under the table. I'm telling you, bro. Don't even worry about a Trump yay ticket. Don't even worry about a fucking... Fucking uh, Biden, Biden, Clinton ticket, bro. The real ticket here is Maxine Waters, Bankman Freed. 2024, can't get by the open door. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, bro. It's a, and you know what? Biden Fetterman. That's also another powerful ticket. It's a no-brainer. Quote: Lies are circulating CNBC that I am not willing to be subpoena to subpoena SBF. Ah, sorry. He has been requested to testify at December 13th hearing. A subpoena is definitely on the table. Stay tuned. Last well, in that CNBC said that Matt Bloom disappeared SBF FTX. He is being requested to testify at the December 15th hearing. A subpoena is definitely on the table. Stay tuned. Demonic bitch. Alright. Let me scroll down here to December 8th. This, article, this part of the article is from yesterday. Federal prosecutors launch investigation to Sam Bakeman Freed over market manipulation. <laughs> Hey Kanye West, what do you think of this man and his uh his his monopoly on power over the crypto market? That's some good coffee. By Sahana Quran, December eighth, twenty twenty two. The cryptoverse encountered the downfall of two major projects this year. While the community was just recovering from the enormous collapse of Terra... Oh, yeah, that was... No shit. God, that was this year. Time fucking flies. You know else was this year? The uh, GameStop purge. Man. FTX found... Uh, let's see. Terra. It was soon hit with the descent of the FTX empire. Manhattan prosecutors believe that there might be a connection between the two. Federal prosecutors are reportedly investigating to see if FTX founder Sam Bakeman Freed was involved in the collapse of Terra, USD, and Luna. According to the recent report by New York Times, these prosecutors believe that SBF could have manipulated the price of the aforementioned assets. He could or he would have done this in order to bring profits to the entities he owned. So basically, choke out the uh, competition. Alright, I mean, that works. Just in, federal prosecutors are investigating Sam Bigman Freed and Almeida research for market manipulation that led to the collapse of Luna and 
UST. Back in May 2022, Terra's uh, stablecoin UST lost its $1 peg, causing immense chaos in the market. The assets failed to regain a peg, but, uh, re regain its peg back, and was trading at 0 0.02074 at the present time. It should be noted that the invest investigation launched by the New York uh, New York City prosecutors is in its early stages. Therefore, the FTX former CEO's connection with Terra ordeal remains uncertain. The report further read, "Quote: The matter is part of a broadening inquiry into the collapse of Mr. Bankman-Fried's Bahama-based cryptocurrency empire and the potential misappropriation of billions of dollars in customer funds. But why is SBF being investigated over the collapse of Terra? As per New York, uh, as per New York Times, the downfall of Terra USD was, promo was promoted by an increased number of sell orders. A source told the New York they got short-sold by fucking Bankman-Fried. No shit. A source told the Times that these sell orders came from FTX, god damn, in an apparent effort to make a fat profit. He really GameStop AMC'd this bitch, didn't he? Huh. Huh. FTX had also shortened the price of Luna around the same time. However, the bottom, quote, the bottom fell out of the entire Terra USD Luna ecosystem. Additionally, it should be noted that FTX investigated several months before its recent collapse. It was done. It was done to determine. Oh, okay, sorry. Oh, I got distracted for a second. This was done to determine if there were any, or if there have been, a breach of any laws related to money laundering. But SBF went on to deny these accusations by saying, "Quote." I was not aware of any market manipulation and certainly never intended to engage in market manipulation. The best of my knowledge, all transactions were for investment or hedging. I totally have clean hands, guys. Don't you believe me, guys? I am your friend, guys. Okay, I want to make sure there was actually an end to this and was it just like a live feed. I've, I got a, a couple years back, I ended up doing like an hour and 45 minute live stream. I was like, when does this article end? And it was just kept loading like an infinite fucking live update. That was on the uh, that's when McAfee died. That's from my whole McAfee death episode. Coinbase CEO says FTX bankruptcy caused by delay in crypto legislation. Oh yeah, blame the government. Well, I mean yes, yeah, actually blame the government by Vigenesh, uh Koradahi. Brian Armstrong, chief executive officer of Coinbase, recently appeared on, quote, the David Rubenstein show. David Rubenstein? Is that like the evil Dave Rubin? Peer-to-peer uh, -peer conversations to speak about the necessity for clear cryptocurrency regulations. Wrong. Basically, being regulated is what kept Bitcoin at the steady rise it was on. It's when the government started trying to regulate it that you start to see these big fluxes in mark in like the market value of it. Inflation and bankruptcy are not a natural part of the free market. It that's a product of government interference in the free market. 
So no, this is the opposite of what you want, my friend. I should say my poor hybrid between Matt Damon and Jeff Bezos. Jeep Bean Soup. Coinbase is the largest and oldest cryptocurrency exchange. Having began its service in May 2012, the exchange has over 108 million verified users spanning over 100 countries. Armstrong sat down with David Rubenstein over a video conference at his uh, at his show to speak about various topics, including the fall of FTX and its effects. Armstrong says FTX downfall is a black mark for the industry. Uh, everything about it is a major black mark. And by the way, I'm not telling anybody what to do, but I am buying as much crypto, well, I'm buying as much Bitcoin and Ethereum as fucking possible. Not financial advice, it's just what I'm doing. That's just what I'm doing. It's like when uh, Elon Musk bought, bought fucking, bought fucking uh, Twitter, right? Or launched his buying Twitter, and the Twitter stock for the first 24 hours just tanked. I bought up as much of that shit as I could. Elon Musk took it off my hands for a neat profit, and I turned that bitch right around, and I bought tons of Rumble stock. Now, financial advice. I am not... I, I, I have Jewy in me, but I am not... A money Jew. Sorry. I'm not even a matzah lover. Like, that shit tastes like cardboard to me. <sighs> Moving on. Right, like, I got this big-ass nose, but it's been broke so many times it doesn't even fucking work. So it's like, what the, what's the point of having me having this big-ass nose? And if you've seen my face, you know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But I've been punching the nose. I used to do a lot of uh, mosh pits and shit, so my nose has been broken so many times that it's just... <laughs> You know, it doesn't really work as well as it should. Ow. But let's move on. Let's move on. It's completely off topic. Speaking of the downfall of FTX, uh, Black Mark for the Industry, he also cl- clarified that it is not a representative of the whole industry. Armstrong also added that the FTX event will definitely pave the way for clearer regulations. In response to Rubenstein's questions on which regulator is best for the industry, Armstrong stated that, quote, there are some crypto commodities that should be regulated by the CFTC. Quote, the SEC should be regulating crypto securities, and I actually think that could very well, oh no, could be a very important and big business. Yikes. This dude, his teeth are so fucked up from sucking on a boot all day. Armstrong cites the example of the intent and how people thought it was out. It was, uh, thought it would, uh, why am I fogging here? Armstrong cites the examples of the intent and how people thought it to be one thing. Thought it to be one thing. My brain just was not processing that word structure for some reason. But it turned out to be so much more. That is the most clumsily written sentence I've ever fucking read. Yeah. He also mentioned cryptocurrencies being like that exact scenario. Why being like that exact scenario, which involves stable coins, NFTs, and so much more in the future. Like I've said, so NFTs, right? The way in the incarnation that NFTs are currently in is borderline completely fucking useless. Um, 
But I think what we're seeing right now with NFTs is baby's first step towards something much more important and big down the road. But an overall concern that I have about cryptocurrency is people like Klaus Schwab have been calling for a one-world currency. And like it or not, Bitcoin easily could be that one-world currency. So there's every chance in the world that the elites want cryptocurrency. But they just don't want it unless they have a death grip on it. So they can't centralize around it. They don't want it. But I believe that they can centralize it around it. And I believe that they believe they can too. So they're going to try. And that's that's just part of my concern. We also, you know, as much as I celebrate the overthrowing of governments all around this world, you also have to keep in mind that people like Klaus Schwab are also saying we need a one world government. So if a bunch of governments in these second and third world nations get overthrown, destroyed by its people, and no government is established in its place afterwards, which I'm fine with, you just have to be able to sit here and at least humor the idea that there's a strong, strong possibility that these collapses are exactly what the World Economic Forum wanted to try and establish the one-world currency and a one-world government. But enough tinfoil hats, let's move on. The CEO of Coinbase compared his exchange to FTX and stated how they are different. Armstrong stressed the robustness of Coinbase and how it's been built on trust and reliability over the last 10 years. Well, homie, 2012? Yeah, 2012, never mind. Uh, stress the robust uh, the robustness of Coinbase and how it is built on trust and reliability over the last ten years. He also highlighted the uh, that the legislation that was likely to be passed by the next quarter got delayed due to the fall of FTX next year could be the ideal timeline for users to expect it, according to Armstrong. Uh... And I don't, yeah, yeah, this is just going to keep loading articles. I'm just going to be sitting here reading it forever. Got you. All right. All right. So I'm going to wrap this article, this episode up here. So that's where we're at. Three crypto billionaires die all within the course of one month under mysterious circumstances. Uh... I didn't mention it with any certainty because I have to do the app double check it, but I'm hearing two of them were actually working together to possibly become whistleblowers on a larger scandal, including uh, which was briefly mentioned. One of them was blowing a whistle on a human trafficking ring operating outside of Puerto Rico. Right, so you have that going on. Very suspicious, you know. Totally, totally killed themselves, guys. Hashtag. They uh, were not epstein It was all natural. Now, over on this side, we have the new hire in working with the federal government to investigate, you know, uh, FTX and where the money went there. And we already know where the money went. It was laundered through things like the Ukraine conflict or under the hands of the DNC. And that's the money that he wasn't directly giving right to the DNC. So we know where the money went. I'm skeptical of this new investigator. I feel like this investigation is only going to be, uh, oh, look, we found nothing. So the media can report that we found nothing. Ha, 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 ha. 
And it'll just continue. Um, but that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. This might be the only episode for today. Uh, I've been having a real rushed week, a lot going on leading to the holidays. I'm sure you guys understand. I'm sorry. I want to get back. I want to get back to the two to three upload today as soon as possible. But until then, this is what we're working with. Please like, share, comment, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Please do your own research and fact check me if possible or fact check me when possible and link uh, your sources in the comments below. And this, uh, this show is only provided and brought to you because of people like you supporting the show. So thank you so much. Uh, shout out to anchor for being a longtime faithful supporter of this podcast. And I look forward to going into the next year, the fourth year of inside four walls. And I look forward to going into it with you guys with me. So until next time, I'll be your host, James Madison, and I'll catch y'all later. Peace.